0: Hello, everybody. So if you don't know what that's from, that's from a little show called The Chosen. Um, uh, And when you talk about um, families and culture transformed by heaven, so The Chosen, as of yesterday, 535 million people have watched The Chosen in 197 countries. Um, And I just thought it was really cool when you think about kind of our vision Families and culture transformed by heaven, and kind of like when you think about a map, and you hear Jesus in this scene, it's Jesus preparing for the Sermon on the Mount, and Matthew, who he wakes up, is, you know, his scribe writing all these things down, and in this scene, he talks about it being a map, and those are the people, if you want to know where I'm at, those are the people go. That's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be hanging out with those folks. And what's crazy, Granite Creek, is guess where Jesus hangs out? He's hanging out with you guys. Because when you hear the Beatitudes, and can, guys, can you pull it up? Um, we're going to read this because it's just so amazing. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for those theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the pure at heart, because they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. That one little scene reminds me of our staff meetings sometimes when we get a little passionate about things and they're going back and forth. I was like, oh my gosh, that's us. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So when you think about the, the Beatitudes and you think about the map, And you kind of go back to our vision. You can just start to see where, oh my gosh, like Granite Creek has a map too. So when um, Jennifer did the cover of the bulletin, so I'm going to ask you guys to pull out your bulletin, because we're actually going to start with the bulletin, because it's pretty cool. Some of you are on this bulletin this week. I don't know if you noticed, Um, but it's a map. You know, I wanted to roll it up. The kids in the back will like this. I wanted to be like Dora the Explorer, map, 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 you know, but... That was just for the, my kids. But this front of the cover is just a few examples of how Granite Creek and like how we, are a, we have a similar map that, like, hey, look, if you want to know where I'm going to be, where Jesus is going to be, follow the map. And what's crazy is we're going to go through some of these events, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Jesus has been at every single one of these events with us. So the first one in the top left corner. This is our Fall Into Fun event. So how many of you, just show of hands, have ever been to one of our Fall Into Funds? Some of you may have already like come to our church because of a Fall Into Fun. Think about it, families transformed by heaven. So we see probably what Pastor Josh like thousand people. You know, Pastor Larry would say a million. You know, a million people have come into Fall Into Fun. <laughs> Pastor Larry's right going, yes. Um, but every year, probably about 1,000 families from the area come to fall into fun, just seeking something different than what they're going to get maybe at another Halloween party, families that are transformed by heaven. The next one, which is if you haven't been to one of our baptisms at Granite Creek, I absolutely recommend you come. It's a party. You know, you may get a light dropped off of the roof onto you, Mark and Michelle. Uh, you know, just kidding, we don't do that anymore. Um, yeah, just we, we stop that with them. So, but it's a party. And there's what I love about our baptisms and what I love about when Pastor Josh or Pastor Michael or Pastor Mandy, Pastor Mako, when they're getting in there, you make a public declaration about Jesus being like like the boss of your life, the Lord of your life. And think about how your family is transformed when you make that public declaration in the pool, in the, you know, whether it's outside or inside. Think about that. You're making that public declaration that Jesus is not just the Lord of my life, the boss of my life, but he's also the boss of our family. So that's pretty cool. Over here, These are um, some of my bestest friends in the world, and um, we do fellowship better than any church. We do life with people better than any church. So whether it's a um, Memorial Day picnic at Kahuenga Wheela Park, you know, um, or if it's family camp, or just lunch after church. I think that's what makes us special here. Um, Sasha said it earlier about kingdom, family, right, right? kingdom, family. The enemy wants your family to be by themselves. So when he throws things at you, when he attacks your family, you have no support. You don't have those other families coming right next to you going, I'm here for you. Think about the stuff that you guys have gone through in your lives, and think about how those Granite Creek families have come up right beside you and been like, let's do this. Let's go for it. Oh, oh, you need a meal. I'll bring you a meal. You don't need a meal? I'll bring you a meal anyway. You know, like that's what we do so well here at Granite Creek. My personal favorite on here is the middle one, the living nativity. Because probably about 14, 15 years ago, that's what brought us here. Um, it, we were doing Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, and uh, one of the guys that built the wardrobe here, we were coaching his son's soccer team. He's like, hey, come over to our church and check this out. So we did. We loved it, and then we came to service, and I was like, I don't ever want to go to that church again. Like, that's not my place. Like, I don't know about wearing jeans, and there's no like stained glass. What's up with that? And then uh, we came back like a month later, and we've been here ever since. But think about, and this is, um, I did the math this is going to be our 23rd year, right, or 22nd this year. That's what, I think it's 22nd. Um, just rough and tough, we've probably seen, we've had well over 100,000 people come into the nativity. Again, a million if you ask the guy in the back. <laughs> uh, the conservative estimates are well over 100,000 people in the community, families that their first introduction to the gospel message was out in that parking lot. Families that maybe the only time they think about Jesus at Christmas time is when they come to our living nativity. So think about that. Families that are being transformed by a church that's just crazy enough to go set up stuff and just, you know, Pastor Larry had no type of, like, you know, rules or labor laws. He'd be like, you're out there six, seven days a week, 12 <laughs> hours a day. You know, in the rain, you're doing it anyway, you know. So um, if you think that, you know, wow, man, I'm doing my, like, fourth, fourth one tonight. Pastor Larry would be like, come on, really? Like, you're going to do, like, 20. Um, hundreds of thousands of people have come and see A piece of kingdom. The Easter egg hunt, which isn't really a hunt because when you think of a hunt, there is an implied type of definition that a hunt means, you know, kind of when I think of hunt, I think of Pastor Josh and Gary at the 5K, where Gary's ahead like the nice little, you know, gazelle, and here's, you know, Pastor Josh, the cheetah, going around, you know, hunting. You know, there's that, you know, kind of implied stealth. Um, we don't do that here. We literally, it's like thousands and thousands of eggs and just like, you know, go and grab the eggs. But when you think about that event, how many people that come to that event and for the, just like nativity, the first time they ever get a piece of Jesus is with a plastic egg at our church. So the kid, kid care right here, we have the 5K that we just had happen, but besides just, um. You know, kid care 5K. We have kid care, and I, um, Pastor Larry, I do apologize if some of these uh, numbers are incorrect, but I pull them from your website. So, um, <laughs> it serves as a place of compassion, action, resources, and empowerment for families. Uh, Sylvia, correct me if I'm wrong, and I know you will. Uh, kid Care International's food bank feeds more than 18,000 people every year. Wow. Is that close? More, Yeah, okay, more. This number has doubled since 2019. Hope is given every Saturday, 52 weeks a year. Families that don't know where their next meal is coming. When you think about the Beatitudes and heard kind of what Jesus was talking about, you know, just think about that. Those people that have nothing, that are just going like, where is my next meal going to come from? They pull up and they see you handing them where their next meal is going to be. Every year around Christmas time, we have kid care backpacks. Many of you have stuffed a few backpacks or thrown them in your car. uh, Joe probably has like 10,000 backpacks still in his garage, you know. Um, Hope is given through those backpacks in the Christmas party. You know, when you... Again, think about what Jesus and Matthew are talking about when he's talking about the beatitudes. Your church, your kid care, is fighting those battles and bringing hope to those that have no hope. And then this is really cool. Probably the one that you wouldn't think is probably so impactful, but I think it is. It's the bottom corner. These are our kiddos. So this is actually us praying for our kids. And this is the one that I think is probably the, the neatest, sneakiest way that Granite Creek transforms communities and transforms families. It's because each one of our kids takes the gospel to their school, takes it to their friends, invites their friends to youth group, invites their friends to huh, look, I even got a high five by Noah and you know Isaac. They're like doing a little high five. Um, we don't even realize how much they are transforming. And it isn't just the, you know, the teens or the youth, young adults. Think about the kiddos that are up there with Sarah right now, how they talk about Jesus to their friends. So it's so cool. This map, and there's many more things. Um, Jen would have really, if I would have said, hey, I need like 30 more pictures on here, um, you know, she would have been like, no, that's not going to happen. Um, it was already hard enough for her to go, oh, my gosh, like, you want pictures on the bulletin? I said, yeah, because this is our vision in action, church. This is what we do really well. A church of, you know, on an on a Easter, you know, 300 people, we're doing so many big things, and we're transforming our culture and our community and families in ways that are just so impactful. And I truly think Jesus is looking down, going like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, your map is a good map, Granite Creek. Mm -hmm. So I'm done with the map now, so you can, you know, open up your bulletin. So (laughs) we're going to talk a little bit about why, you know, when I think of Pastor Josh thinking about our mission statement, relationship, not religion, and then our vision statement, Um, I started to think, okay, why would He choose that? Why would this be so important? And what's interesting is Jesus actually told us to do this. Like, so the first part of it is, you know, you may hear like the Great Commission, right? So, I'm a football fan, you know, unlike some pastors maybe here, you know who may go, you know, oh, who's playing in the, you know, World Series, the, you, know, the, you know, or who's playing in the Super Bowl, the Dodgers? And it's just like, you know, like it aches me. Um, but Christianity was not designed, it aches Jim too. Um, Christianity wasn't designed to be a spectator sport. He doesn't want you to play on the sideline. He called us to be in the game. When you see a football game. And Pastor Josh did play football in high school, so he, he you know, he's a closet football fan. Um, you know, you see players on the sidelines with clean uniforms. Those are people that maybe haven't gotten in the game yet. They're kind of just hanging out or maybe they're, you know, just for some reason they're not in the game. Um, at times, Christian, being a Christian is going to get messy. Sometimes you're going to get a really dirty uniform. You know, when you get in that game, your uniform's going to get muddied up. It may get bloodied up, um, but he has called us to have our uniforms get dirty. And there's many examples of us calling us, and the, um, the AV team loves it when I send them, like, okay, we have four videos and, like, 20 scriptures, and, like, uh, so Ed is, like, Ed's ready to go. So, my favorite verse of the Great Commission is in Mark, And it goes, he said to them, go into all of the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. Um, I don't know about you, but when you drive out a demon, it gets messy. You're not wearing a clean uniform when you're done driving out a demon. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. No, thank you. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And they will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. It's like my favorite. Um, Matthew has a similar one, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. When the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, when they saw him, they worshiped, and some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always till the very end of the age. So Jesus is telling us, you, you have to go do these things. Our vision, you know, when you think about these things that we're going to do, if you do these things that Jesus called us to do, you're transforming the culture. You're going to transform the, and I'm going to use culture and community kind of similar because I think if you're out doing these things in the community, you're changing the culture in the community as well. But families, when you're doing these things, if you drive out a demon in someone, you could be literally changing their whole family. When you're praying for the sick and they get healed, you're changing families. We've seen families with kids with cancer here, and they come just desperate, and we prayed for them, and their kids were healed of cancer, totally changing their families. Luke 10.1, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone promotes, who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcome, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go to its streets and say, even the dust of your town, we wipe our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. This is the neat part too. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome the power of enemy. Again, messy. When you're trampling scorpions and snakes, it's g- Jesus is telling you it's going to get a little messy. Your uniform's going to get dirty when I call you into the game. I've given you authority. Oh, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen. And we're going to end with this one. We're not done yet, church. Pastor Josh told me I get an extra like hour because I let you out early. So, yeah, I'm Mother's Day, so you get an extra hour today. So, Matthew 10.1. But what's interesting about the first three kind of parts of this, these commissions, they were all in different Gospels. And we'll see it later when we talk about salt. Um, each, when Each Gospel is covering a certain type of message, but it's slightly different when he's repeating himself through different people it's kind of important you know i mean it's like everything in the red letters is important but when it's in all the gospels and it's like hey really pay attention to this so matthew 10:1 jesus called his 12 disciples and gave them the authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness these are the names of the 12 apostles simon and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. What's crazy is all of them in the Beatitudes scene, you saw all of them but um, Judas. He comes a little later. But that scene with the Beatitudes, all of those people that they're going to, if you haven't seen The Chosen, are his 11. He hasn't hit number 12 yet. You'll see 12 in a little. Um, But it's really cool when you start, when you watch The Chosen, when I'm reading my scripture, sometimes Matthew, I picture Matthew. Just because he's so great. I love Matthew. Um, Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel and go proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received Freely give. Granite Creek, you freely give. Sometimes we give until we have nothing left in the tank. But just know that families are being transformed. Culture, community is being transformed. How many times have you felt like those guys when Jesus has asked you to do something? Like, the, the the acting in that scene is so great when you think of their faces and just the looks that they're given, like, um, you know, confused, scared. How many times have you asked Jesus, hey, can you repeat yourself? I, I didn't quite get that, you know. How many times have you asked him, um, so when you say soon, how, when are we talking about? Because, you know, I've got you know, tickets for a concert next week or something, you know, I'm going to have a trip planned. Um, How many times are you asking him, like, was there a ceremony I missed? Was someone supposed to knight me like, you know, they do, you know, like they just did the ceremony for the king? You know, did I miss that? Um, Even the 12, and what's really cool about that scene is it's um, we read the scripture before, and through the Bible, um, the 12 always had questions and, like, really, am I, not qual- am I not qualified to do this? Am I not able to do this? And, like, there you could see, yeah, there's, you're going to have doubts, but through him and just believing in him and being obedient to what he calls us to do, like, they get that power, and you have that power to transform families and communities and culture. So that's kind of the what we have to do, right? With the part, with the exception of the snakes, you know, I don't feel like I'm any less holy as a pastor by not holding snakes. Um, I did have someone, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday, and she said, is your church charismatic? And I said, yeah. And she said, what about snakes? I said, no. <laughs> and I can't repeat what I said after that because it would... Um, But I was like, no, we don't. We're not that charismatic, you know. (laughs) So I think that she really wanted. I I swear, I think that if we were doing snakes, she would have come to our church. So, um, but sorry. So that's the what. But now I want to spend a little time in talking about how Jesus wants us to do it, because there is a specific. I believe there's a two specific things that Jesus wants us to do. And how we do this is how we transform families, how we transform community and culture. So if being a Christian, my wife has this on a sweatshirt, but it's so true. If being a Christian is boring, I don't think we're kind of doing it right. If we're not having fun and we're not experiencing joy and the people that we're around, when you look at your map, And all of those things we do. Something that Granite Creek does really well is when we're doing Living Nativity, there is joy. When we're working 12 hours out there to do whatever it is, or when we're setting up chairs every week for different events, there is joy in what we do. Um, And don't get me wrong, there's times when it won't feel fun. (laughs) But God has called us to be the salt of the earth. The flavor maker, the thing that can turn a flavorless, bland meal into something delicious. Can I get an amen for salt? <laughs> um, but we're not talking about that salt here. So, um, but whether, and also we're going to talk about light as well. When there are hopeless situations, darkness that has been created by the enemy, we have been called to be light as well. Um, when you look at that map, I look at um, kid care and I think about the light that kid care is each and every week to those families that. Literally have nothing and are looking like, okay, how am I going to get my next meal? How am I going to provide a Christmas present for my kid? And we we are supposed to be that light as well. So what does scripture say about salt? It's delicious. It's really good on pork and, you know, I'm just kidding. So Matthew 5.13, and we're not going to be doing any Levitical uh, studies on salt, you know, Um, but Matthew 5.13 says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Like, that's Jesus talking about salt. So, once we lose our saltiness, Jesus is saying, like, look, you're of really no use for the kingdom. Mark 949 through 50, again, you can see another gospel, but another message about salt losing its uh, saltiness. For everyone shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice will be uh, salted with salt. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, wherewith will ye season it? Have salt in yourselves, and have peace among one another. Luke, not the Luke in the back, but Luke the, you know says, salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? If it is neither for the soil or for the manure pile, it is thrown out. So he's literally saying once salt is lost its saltiness, it's not even worthy to be in the manure pile. This is like Jesus talking about salt. So again, three different gospels talking about losing salt, like flavor, Jesus has called us that when we're doing this, when we are seeing the vision of Granite Creek and his vision, because I do believe Jesus' vision is totally tied into ours. I mean, literally, like our visions because of Jesus. Um, but he wants us to be that flavor in the community. He wants us to have fun. He wants us to have joy. Um, he wants us to be dressed like the Grinch and throwing. Um, confetti into Pastor Michael's van, you know. He like, but that's what he, that's how community is transformed by h- having that saltiness. People aren't going to be drawn to us if we're not flavorful and t- you know, like actually have that salt. And Colossians four six says, "Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer." Everyone, you know, when you read scriptures about salt, and then but then you hear Jesus in this show just kind of explain it. You know, it preserves meat from corruption. That's what people used to use. You know, and still to this they use salt for. So they just pack it with salt, um, and it slows the decay. And He wants us, Granite Creek, to be people who hold back the evil of this world. Salt enhances the flavors of things. He wants our us to renew the world and be part of its redemption. And then salt can be mixed with honey and rubbed on the skin for maladies. He wants us to participate in the healing of the world. Amen. And Granite Creek, that's what you do so well. That's what our vision, what we do so well. Because families, whether you know it or not, are transformed by you doing these things that he's asked us to do. And then we're going to talk a little bit about light. Um, we don't have a video about, the, um, about light, but I, we have some amazing scriptures that Jesus has called us to be the light of the world. Um, in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, it says, you are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. You know, kind of interesting how Granite Creek's up the hill a little bit, you know? Um, you know, when you're driving up, you just see us as a light in Claremont. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl, but instead they put it on a stand and give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We're going to skip John and go to Luke. No one puts a light on lights on a lamp, and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. So he wants your light to be out there in the workplace. What, whatever you're doing, whether it's, you know, you're, you're spreading the word at work, whether you're going to school and spreading it to someone, he's called that you don't hide your light. You need to let it shine. Because a hidden light won't kind of like get away darkness. It won't take away darkness. Your light needs to be shining so it can kind of just like Destroy darkness. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body is also full of darkness. See it then that the light within you is not darkness. Your whole body is full of light and no part of it is dark. It will be just as full of light as when the lamp shines its light on you. And then in Acts 13, 47 through 48... For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light with the Gentiles. And it's interesting, when, you, when you're seeing he's talking, he's sending out the two, when they're like, oh gosh, no, not me. Everywhere? I have to go everywhere? And he's like, yeah, you're going to go everywhere. Um, but if you notice, he said, not the Gentiles yet, because he wasn't quite ready yet. And if you watch the Chosen, or if you just read the Gospels, eventually, once the Gentiles um, start to see the miracles, and they start listening, and they are coming and hearing Jesus and experiencing the kingdom, Um, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. At that point, Jesus wasn't quite ready. He knew that his disciples weren't quite ready yet. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, who were all appointed for eternal life, believed. And then Acts 26, the last verse we're going to cover on light, 16 through 18 says, Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and a witness of what you have seen and what you will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. We believe that Jesus has called us. And if you look in our website, you'll find our mission statement and our vision. And um, there's something that's so amazing that Pastor Josh wrote in there. We believe that Jesus has called us to the ministry, and miracles, and that all the spiritual gifts are for today. We believe that an expression of heaven in your home will transform a broken family. And families that have been transformed by heaven will impact, challenge, heal, and save a culture that is desperate for transformation. Like when you read the, you know, go to our vision, right below it is a little blurb that Pastor Josh wrote. That's I mean, when you read that, it's like family first. And then when once the family is transformed, families will then go into community and culture and transform the culture. And John 14, 12 Jesus says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask anything, me for anything in my name and I will do it. So when you are kind of when you're doing this stuff, You know, when you think about these families that we have been called to help transform so then they can transform the culture and the community that we live in. Like, he's saying, Jesus is saying, like, I'm giving you everything that I have and then some. We're only 12, 13 people on the earth that, you know, and we're going to watch one last um, clip in a little when they're actually doing the stuff. But at that point... Only 13 people on the planet had the power of Jesus. Jesus had given it to the 12. They went out and they were doing the stuff, right? But now you have the ability to do all of that. He's telling us right here that I'm giving you the ability to do that. You have the ability to transform a family. And when they're transformed, and another family's transformed. Transformed. And another family in Claremont's transformed, and then a family in Rancho's transformed. And little by little, what happens to the community and the culture? They get they tra- gets transformed. First um, Corinthians twelve four through eleven says, "There are different kinds of gifts, and the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord." I think. Um, Sasha brought it up at ministry time like it's the, like God is the same. He hasn't changed. He's not going to like not give you the gifts to go do what he's telling you to do. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. So whether it's George out there working with the people down on the, you know, the site or it's Sarah up there working with the kids or Jim up here doing worship, it's the same God. He's just working in different ways. Amen? Amen. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through a Spirit of wisdom. To another, message of knowledge, it means of the same Spirit. To another, faith. (laughs) To another, gifts of healing. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits, like discernment. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are for the work of the one and the same Spirit. He distributes them to each and every one, just as He determines. That's what we do so well, and that's what, our, that's what makes our visions work, because everybody gets to play. Everybody gets a part in doing kingdom here at Granite Creek. That is what's so amazing. And that's why families are transformed in our community. That's why people are drawn to us, a light up on the hill on Claremont Boulevard. That's what we're called to do. That's like the great commission in action. It's, I think it's interesting when you see the contrast, why they did it in black and white, you can see why. You're called to be the light church. You're called, your light will transform community, culture, and it all starts with families. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for calling us. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the vision that our pastors have set forth for us. Thank you, Jesus, for letting us be part of your vision. Thank you for letting us be the salt and the light in our communities. Thank you for letting us be the salt and the light in our families and the families that we touch. And God, I just ask you this week for those people that never felt qualified or didn't feel good enough to share their light, let them just have a boldness this week. Let them feel that they can do everything that you've called them to do. Thank you so (laughs) much for just allowing us to just be a small part of your plan. But this small church does big things and it's because of you. Thank you church and have an amazing week.
1: Jesus, we love you, oh how we love you, you are the one our hearts adore, Jesus we love ask you to take this church and transform us into the church that you want us to be. Let us reach the lost. Let's be the salt of the earth, Thank you, Jesus. Go in peace. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. In Jesus' name, amen.